0: Hey, this is Jay Gordon, and welcome to the River Avenue Blues Podcast. I'm joined by some people. Let's let them introduce themselves.
1: Uh, Hi, it's uh, Matt Imbronia. You guys know me from the uh, Sunday column. And this is Stephen
2: Tange. You know me from my uh, once or twice a week uh, articles. Great.
0: So it's just the uh, start of spring training, really. And tomorrow we get... uh, and by the time you all hear it, it'll be today, we get started with the um, the, the Grapefruit League. Uh, for me, it feels really awesome to finally get some kind of baseball going on. Uh, the activity makes it feel like it's real.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's, it's um, I remember a few years ago, like, being really excited when, like, an Australian League playoff game came on. Uh, so it's always fun when the real, you know, the American stuff, the, the Grapefruit League comes in and, and you can just, even if you, you know it's not real, but they're wearing pinstripes for the first home game, and it just, it feels like spring again.
2: Yeah, and even, and for some reason, I still, like, am excited for each win and disappointed with each loss, even though it means quite literally nothing.
0: And that's the beauty of, of spring training, is the fact that, you know, it, it it's the zero zero aspect of it, and then... The games don't really matter much to anyone um, aside to the fans. It's it's a life or death. But you, you can always see a good team kind of coming out of spring training, I think. And I think back to that 09 squad and how the fact that, uh, if I remember, they, they won the Grapefruit League and they, they came out with one of the best records in spring training out of the whole league.
1: Yeah, I remember, I remember I think Sabathia had like this killer spring training and then got off to like that bad start in Baltimore. Mm-hmm day but uh but that year always just felt like everything you know that, that was such a good that year just had a great feeling the, the whole time it all fell into place yeah
2: yeah it, it reminds me a lot of because uh, cc had that you know really solid spring it reminds me of this past spring where masahiro tanaka had just like the best spring training out of any pitcher and then comes out and throws an absolute dud on opening day so like if it, it means nothing, but it's definitely a lot of fun. I I, I think we all had him uh, winning the AL Cy Young uh, in our uh, preseason predictions. I'll
1: I'll I will always have Tanaka winning the AL Cy Young. I I love that guy. Um, and I'm so glad that he had the playoff run that he did. Uh, if anyone deserved it, uh, it was him. He he, you know, he had a tough year, but the way he bared down in the playoffs was so much fun to see. And I just love watching him pitch uh, because he's one of those guys where each game he's going to attack you with something different, and it's always interesting to watch what he's going to do to a team and you know
0: Sonny uh, wrote something I think earlier uh, in, in I think it was January about how uh, Tanaka had probably the best off season of almost any pitcher uh, in the American League that you can think of by not opting out he's he's going to make some decent money these next few seasons and he didn't have to go through the process of what guys like uh, you know your Alex Cobb's and your Jake Arrieta's are going through right now, and obviously uh, the the big big pay cut that you could have assumed um, uh, you Darvish probably had to take if it was a, I guess not such a depressed market.
2: Yeah, that was, I, I wrote that one, and it was
0: uh, it was. Oh, par- my it, my bad. I thought it was sunny. No, no, pardon me.
2: No worries. Uh, but it, it uh, struck me how like. Going into the offseason, it seemed for sure that he was going to opt out and that he was going to be arguably, you know, the third best pitcher on this market and that, you know, you could even see him getting like maybe not as much money per season, but a good hundred million dollar payday, maybe, maybe settle for 90. And instead, I don't know if he was going to break the oh, 60 million he had left on his contract, which it, it definitely shocks me because I thought, you know, unless his elbow is, you know, incredibly bad uh, MRI-wise and he didn't want teams to see that, I thought for sure he's going to get, you know, a really solid contract. And this offseason has kind of proven that, no, he was he probably made the right decision.
1: At what point are we? do we get to say, like, the elbow's fine, you know, and we don't have to say... The elbow is is still a problem because it's been you know it's been two full seasons and he's done pretty great um, overall you know the home runs this year not, notwithstanding so is there do you think do you guys think we're nearing that time where we don't have to caveat everything it's, about Tanaka with that elbow
0: you know it's a really tough thing to say and and I really have to say one I'm not shocked if he didn't want to go on into an MRI tube and in during a physical and have that elbow examined. I I wouldn't be shocked if that wasn't part of he and his agent's uh, decision making. Uh, But, you know, when do you stop asking about the elbow? Uh, I mean, the the playoff run really made you stop thinking about it altogether. Uh, I think, though, you need 200 plus consistent innings. What did he finish the year at?
2: I think he ended up with at, I think over two hundred, including the postseason. but he was he, he didn't he wasn't all that close to two hundred through the regular season because of uh d l sin
0: yeah and I just look at for me if I get the next two years and I get two hundred innings out of him I, I really think that I stop asking whether or not he's healthy i I think that that's consistency if you get this year without him having to go on the d l with an arm injury. And I'm saying specifically an arm injury because everything kind of, it's all related, it seems, unless it's the shoulder, it's all related to the elbow. You know, they'll say forearm tightness, they'll say, you know, biceps, tendonitis, but we all know what it is. It's an elbow injury. So I think if he goes an entire season without really a major arm injury, I think that that's when you finally say that the elbow is not a problem.
1: I just, I just looked it up. He was at 198 with the playoffs, so he's close to it. Um, and I wonder if he'll get up to 200 this year just because of the way the Yankees seem to be, at least the rumors are, um, and Mike's post about Drury kind of hinted at it, that they are going for another pitcher. And I wonder if they will roll out a six-man rotation, which would probably prohibit anyone from getting 200 in the regular season.
0: Do you think that or do you really just think that Jordan Montgomery isn't 100% solid in that rotation spot? Because that's where I'm leaning, man. If they're still going out and they're getting somebody else to pitch and they're spending more than, say, $8 million a year on that pitcher, you got to ask yourself that question. Are they going to take the $8 million to $10 million a year pitcher that they just got and put him in that spot, or are they going to say, you know what, Jordan Montgomery is our guy. I got to be honest, Monty is a, a, a nice pitcher, but if they are spending on pitching, they're going to prioritize the, the, the. I think the guy that they spent on.
2: I think that's fair. I, I think if they do get someone, I think I think initially they'd probably go with a five man rotation of Montgomery and Triple and I think they know you know the reason why they would go after another starter is because there's no reason to be confident that all five of these guys are going to stay healthy. I think Montgomery might be actually the best, you know, health bet, just because, you know, he he's, it seems like his delivery, it doesn't seem to be, you know, too herky-jerky. The guy who I'm probably the most concerned by is, you know, not Tanaka. You know, CC. I mean, he'll have a DL stint at some point, just, you know, which might just be maintenance for the most part. But the guy I'm worried about is Severino. I mean, he threw a, you know, career high in innings. And it's... There's a lot of guys who've, you know, had a career year like Severino and then had that, you know, step back the year later where, you know, they're, they're kind of exhausted. And we thought maybe a little bit at the end of that playoff run for him, you know, I, I don't, I'm not concerned about him long term, but I think this season, I think they're going to have to monitor his workload. That's,
1: uh, that's, that is why. I think they might do six, at least at times. And I wonder if they'll maybe take a page of the Dodgers book and do that 10-day DL manipulation a lot to maybe have a de facto six-man rotation, but really it's just five guys with someone almost always on the DL. Um, I'm confident they're going to stay with Montgomery. Um, I guess maybe we'll see in spring training how that changeup goes, um, if he does work it in better and if he has more confidence in it. And I think if he does um, they'll, they'll bring him along to start the year. But if the, if the changeup doesn't come out of the shoot the way they want it to, or the way he wants it to, then I think you see him starting Scranton.
0: Tell me when Jake Arrieta or not Arrieta, but one of the guys that are still on the market gets signed. That's really what it comes up. If you can get Cobb on eight to 12 for two years, I, I think that what you try to do is you deal, uh, something from your depth and you stow a, um, a guy like Montgomery in a for a while, and you you hold on to him for that first CC Sabathia DL stint. Somebody that can easily slot into that rotation because somebody's going to get hurt, and, and that's just the way it is. That's if you do go out and you get somebody. If you don't, I I'm more than happy to just say let's hope for the best with the guys that they have. But you know you really have to think about depth sometime later on because one of these guys will get hurt. It's just how elbows work and arms and bodies. They, Everybody's going to get hurt at some point all the time during a baseball season. It doesn't matter who the player is. The wrong thing can happen at any time. Somebody will get hurt. And the only thing that you as an organization can do, uh, and you as the fan, you can't do a goddamn thing. Sorry. But, but anything an organization can do is, is have enough depth to withstand those injuries. And I think that that's what you saw the Houston Astros did. It's, it's just one of those amazing things.
2: Yeah, I think, I think the Ashers have done, you know, a great job of building depth. And, you know, they're a good six seven guy strong, especially if you include Brad Peacock, even after trading Joe Mastro. And I think that's something the Yankees, you know, they could be that this year depending on how some of their minor leaguers work out. You know, if Justice Sheffield can take that step forward, if Domingo Armand can, you know, iron a few things out, they can use those guys, especially, you know, the Yankees, you know, like any East Coast team have really struggled with, uh, you know, those West Coast trips and then the return home. I, you know, I definitely think to, you know, June from this past year, when they went to Anaheim, went to Oakland, and then returned home to face the Angels and Rangers. And it just seems like those two weeks were a crawl. Um, and I think using a sixth starter there to keep guys healthy and, I think they might have actually done that last year. Is that That's when they scheduled their uh Chad Green spot start against the Orioles was to give guys an extra day off going into that West Coast trip. I think that's the type of thing you have to do is, you know, see who's excelling in AAA, you know, especially if you just keep this five-man rotation, utilize the off days you have in April to keep them fresh early on. And when you have those uh, trips out West that are, Especially taxing, that's when you go to your depth. And I think they, they have that. And I, I think also on the offensive end, we saw, you know, I think the jury trade is an example of them trying to improve their depth and make sure that, you know, maybe they're not improving their, you know, maximum, uh, success level, but they're definitely improving their, uh, their floor. And I think that's something that the Dodgers definitely excelled with, as you guys mentioned. They did a great job of having so much depth and utilizing the DL to make sure that you know, everyone stayed fresh and that's that's a model that the Yankees can definitely with their strong farm system play off of in 2018.
0: That's a some really great stuff. Um, so let's let's talk about some of the uh, the players that we're probably bound to see coming up in uh, spring training over the next few weeks that, you know, aren't the big names, because we know the big names, uh, already. Um, I, am I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, seeing Florio in this spring training. Uh, I, I've, I've watched him just from afar, but I think that this is the spring training where he gets to kind of shine. I think back to, um, uh, a few years ago. Um, and I'm trying to think, uh, that there, there was some really, uh, beautiful plays that I, I remember uh, it was maybe Melky Mesa was making out in the outfield and people were just going wild. And, and sometimes you, you, you like to just see that athleticism. And I think that that's what Florio brings. And I'm really looking forward to seeing some of that. Anything uh, you guys are, are looking forward to as far as prospects are concerned in this upcoming spring training, other than, I guess, the guys we know, like the Glabers and, you know, Sheffields.
2: I think, I think Florel is definitely a guy I'm looking for. He, he reminds me, I, I think a lot of, uh, Jorge Mateo from a couple of years ago when Mateo had just come off of that like 70 steel season and he comes into the spring and the thing I distinctly remember is they were in the ninth inning of one of their first spring training games. He hits like a line drive to left that looks like it's homer, but hits off the wall and it's just like a normal ball off the wall. But because his speed was just so blazing, he, Gets into third uh, without you know any contest, and they tie the game and win it. Um, and it was just it was this freak display that showed all of his promise as a prospect. You know, ultimately they traded him, and it didn't quite uh, work out like they wanted. But he he was uh, that, that's the type of thing you want to see is you know all these toolsy guys, and I think that's something that Florio absolutely has. Um, and beyond that, I, I think one thing to look out for will be you know, along the lines of Mateo, is how how some of the guys they uh, trade away do. I'm really excited to see how Dustin Fowler does in Oakland, especially coming off the, you know, near catastrophic, if maybe even catastrophic, I don't know exactly whether to term it that or not, injury he had uh, in Chicago and see, because he's supposed to be Oakland's starting center fielder. So if if he can uh, have a bounce back year this year coming off that injury, you know, even if he's not in a Yankee uniform, that'll still be pretty exciting to watch.
1: Yeah, I'm going to keep it in the outfield. Um, I know that he probably doesn't have much of a future in the organization unless something kind of disastrous happens. But I'm kind of excited for Jake Cave. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being excited when they drafted him and and liking him, and and then seeing him, you know, go away for a little bit, and now kind of come back and regain that prospect status. Uh, you know, he's a guy you can root for, and. Uh, yeah or maybe even, you know, bumps his trade stock up a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, Billy McKinney's on the same path, you know, sort of restoration project. So uh, in terms of prospect status, it'll be fun to watch uh, those two guys in the outfield hopefully get some burn against um, real major leaguers and see what they can do. Did Dylan Tate get invited?
2: I believe so. And it's I, I think he did. And assuming he did, he's he's definitely someone – you know, definitely not uh, quite up there with you know Sheffield and all those guys but he he'll be exciting to watch especially because everyone says that he's starting to get back to where his promise was when he was a top five pick
0: yeah it's one of those guys that I've I've always kind of kept my eyes on that came from that trade that you said you know if he really does work out you know it's 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 a nice little steal in that deal that they ended up getting I, I, I uh, was it from the Rangers that he came back yeah, no, from, in the in the, the, the Beltron deal? Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, and, that's, right. and that
1: kind of shows off the 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 strength of the Yankee system right now is that it's not just high end guys like Sheffield and Torres and and uh, Frazier. But that, that depth piece to it as well, that they were kind of lacking, um, you know, all those years when, you know, when when the farm system wasn't producing a lot, it wasn't just not high-end talent. There was also no depth, but now they they have both. And uh, it's nice to be excited about a lot of young guys, um, whether they turn into players for the Yankees or players for other organizations.
0: I mean, that's what's the, uh, one of the beauties of spring training is, is being able to see all those guys. Uh, and... and like extended looks on, on TV. Um, you know, that's the cool thing that we get now with, uh, so much coverage of spring training that's uh, around the league. I mean, you you could probably get, you know, a certain number of games, maybe like, I think it was, what did it say? 10 or 12 games on. Yes, but there's other networks that cover. Plus you could listen on the radio. There's MLB TV. There's so many places that you can get your baseball during spring training and see a lot of these players. Um, and I think that that's one of the nice things about kind of the technology that we've got in front of us to see so many uh, young uh, players around the league uh, so you can get your, see your Dustin Fowlers and, and people like that really succeed even at other teams.
2: Yeah, and I think another thing to keep an eye out on is the fact that the Yankees uh, got raided in the Rule 5 draft uh, losing, uh, I think it was Daniel Gomez, Nestor Cortez, a few other guys, um, and so seeing how those guys do, uh, Mike Ford in Seattle, and then there's another one in Baltimore that I'm totally forgetting. Um, but, you know, seeing how those guys do and whether they're able to stick, I, I think uh, Seattle, they lost Ryan Healy for uh, at least, I think, like five or six weeks. That opens the door for Ford to actually make the opening day roster in Seattle, which I didn't necessarily expect. But, you know, him be, I think he's a great story as a – undrafted free agent out of princeton uh and a guy who i I saw once or twice uh beat up on Penn, and uh he was both the ivy league pitcher of the year and ivy league like overall player of the year his senior year because he was just such a force on both sides of the ball and so it it's, it's cool to see a guy like that you know go undrafted make it all the way to the upper levels of the minors and perhaps even get you know his first uh cup of coffee and perhaps ride the full year on the Mariners roster.
0: Yep. It's a, it's a really great time, uh, to give all that, uh, that potential out of people. Um, so, uh, let, us kind of move on to what, what's really kind of come kind of come uh, in front of us as far as the next uh, few days. Uh, so I believe that what Luis Cessa is starting the game on Friday and then um, let's take a look who's next. Pardon me. Uh, Luis Sessa. Then Saturday we've got Domingo Herman. Uh, Sunday we'll have Jordan Montgomery. And uh, Monday we'll have Sonny Gray. Uh, you'll be able to watch both Friday and Sunday's games. Uh, and then Adam Warren is expected to uh, do some bullpen work. Saturday or Sunday. Um, and that's all from Billy Witz, who uh, I believe he is with, with the Daily News.
1: Thank you the times
0: oh, times. Yeah. yeah. Thanks Billy. Uh, appreciate your time. Uh, yes, the times anyway. Um, so that's kind of what's coming up, uh, recently. Uh, I don't think that you're going to see judge or Gardner in the first game. Am I right by saying that guys?
1: Yeah, I think they're going to hold judge back like a week or so. He even had like that half day today. Uh, it's Thursday as we record this, um, just to ease him back in after the, the shoulder surgery. But, uh, I've said it on Twitter before, and uh, I'm pumped for Sonny Gray this year. I don't know why. I just think the dude's going to have a great year. Um, so it'll be nice to see him again. Uh, I think fans kind of underappreciated what he was um, because he didn't have a great run against Cleveland in the playoffs. But uh, I think he's going to have a really great year.
2: Yeah, and, and his start against the Astros in the ALCS, I, I know it gets buried because they ended up giving up three runs in his final inning partially due to, like, a catcher's interference and, just a, a little bit of a mess there, but you know he he was you know going toe to toe with Lance McCullers and really gave the team a chance to win. Um, definitely excited to see what he can do on uh, on Monday. You know, starting off, I think Louis Sessa. You know, he's a really important depth piece. I, he he's easy to forget or you know just to kind of wave off because he's not one of those top five guys and he struggled at times last year. But he, he's gonna he's gonna fulfill a role for this team this year, whether you like it or not, and he's he's young enough and he's definitely shown flashes over the last couple of years that he, he can be a solid back-end starter when they need him to be.
0: I think that one of the best storylines that we're going to have this spring training and it hasn't really started yet but I think Delvin Batances is going to come out there with something to prove this year. I think that he had a really really rough second half last year and that he got buried for, uh, for quite a while in this town for it. Um, and I know a lot of us were not willing to trust him in big pressure situations. And you saw it kind of fall all apart in uh, Joe Girardi's hands. So I'm really curious uh, what we're going to get out of Dellen, Because I think he's going to come out saying, let's not forget who I am.
1: I hope so because I, I always really like Um and you know he's he's just so much fun to watch. The, how hard he throws and the quality of his breaking stuff, even if sometimes he doesn't quite know where it's going. Um, I hope he has a big year, and I hope he really does kind of stick it to people who have doubted him. And you know he's not a free agent yet, but he's coming up on that time in the next year and a half is going to be really big for him uh, in terms of you know possible future earning potential. So hopefully. He comes out with the you know the Devin we know and love, um, not that second half guy who kind of kind of faltered a bit.
2: Yeah, I mean he's 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 a four time All Star in four years, which is it's it's absurd to think about. But he's he's been consistently great for them up until these last few months, and you know, I, there was that like little glimpse. Uh, at, at, it was either Game Six or Seven against Houston, and he threw a couple uh maybe it's just one good inning against the Astros. But I think he's also a guy who might benefit just from uh the change to Aaron Boone. You know, he all the relievers, it's a clean slate. They don't have a you know history with Boone beyond what you know Boone saw from afar. So it's a chance for him to prove himself all over again and, you know, maybe get back perhaps right away into a big role just because you know, I think if it was Joe Girardi, he'd probably be a little bit in the doghouse to be in the season versus Boone. It's, it's completely different. And it's a chance for him to per- perhaps get, uh, get some big opportunities right away.
0: You know, it was really interesting because I heard, um, you know, CeCe Sabathia talk recently about Boone and, um, he, uh, he and Ryan Rucco do that podcast. I've, I've spoken about it before, R2C2. And c c was talking about his relationship with uh, Aaron Boone. It was really interesting to hear about how he's one of his friends, how they played together. And uh, the interesting part of that is that I think C.C. Sabathia is probably the only close-to-contemporary guy that, that played with Aaron Boone. So to everyone else on that team... And and why I I don't doubt what you're saying about a a change, um, Aaron Boone is kind of just this legendary kind of s- story about a guy who hit a really big friggin' home run, but I think that there's another side of Aaron Boone that I I've heard that a lot of players started to see once he went into um, broadcasting that showed that he would really enjoyed talking to them and learning from them, and that this was the kind of place that it, it made sense at least somewhere. In in a uh, in a dugout, he was going to end up. So it's not yeah. all that far off that this was the dugout he ended up in.
1: Yeah, to along with the game and, and like calling the game, like he was a broadcaster already. Um So it definitely seems like he's been preparing himself for this for a while. And um, you know, I was I was a little taken aback when I heard. I was kind of in the the Bam Bam Mullen's corner. Um, but, you know, the guys in the organization making the hire, they know better than me. And, uh, I trust them that Boone is the right guy. And, uh, if he can, you know, if he's got an ear in CeCe, that means he's got an ear with Dellen because they're really close. And, um, you know, CeCe is obviously the leader on this team. And I think as he goes, the team will go. And as soon as he buys into Boone, which I'm sure he's already done, I think everybody else will.
2: And, and I think one thing that's, you know, good about Boone is he, he had experience, you know, particularly during. You know, his legendary 2003 postseason, he, he got benched. And he knows what that feels like. He can definitely relate to Delon Batances, even though, you know, Booney wasn't a pitcher. You know, he, he definitely knows what what it's like to, you know, have your manager doubt you and have your, you know, in Delon's case, your franchise doubt you at times. So he, I think he can relate in that way. I think that's that seems to be, you know, one thing that CeCe said and what, a lot of people have said is that it's oon's ability to relate to people that uh, makes him uh, potentially a great manager. And it's, it's also reassuring the fact that you know he had a front office job with another team lined up before uh, the Yankees came calling. So he he is definitely well regarded throughout the game, and it wasn't just the Yankees making a completely you know out of left field move.
0: If I had to guess who it was. I would I would have said it would have been the Marlins. I really believe it would have been the Marlins where he would have ended up having some sort of player development job if he didn't get this. I'm just taking a, a guess just because I know he's got relationships there with that organization and some of those people. So it wouldn't have shocked me. But who knows, that's just me guessing.
2: Definitely a possibility. I, I, the team I always think of with guys like this is the Dodgers because they seem to have like a treasure trove of like you know, forty something former players like uh Greg Maddox and I don't know if he's still there but Raul Obanias at one point. They they've had a and uh you know at one point Dave Roberts as well. So they've had a bunch of guys, you know, come in and out of that uh and Josh Bard who's the n- new bench coach. So a mm-hmm. lot a lot of former players right around there. So if, if I was speculating it'd be the Dodgers, but again, you know
0: That's a good if, call too.
2: It's it's all uh, speculation. Who knows?
0: Mm -hmm. that's what's fun about speculation you can throw shit against the wall and see if it sticks um and and that's what kind of spring training is all about (laughs) is really during spring training you see a whole bunch of guys run out into a field they throw shit at the wall they see what sticks and based on all that you you pick 25 guys and you go to war um and, Mm -hmm. and it's always fun so um we're gonna just get ready to wrap up um so why don't you all give us uh, where they can find you both on the internets and stuff?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm uh, at Stephen Tidings on Twitter, and that's, I guess the best way to reach me or uh, read me on River Avenue Blues.
1: Yeah, same thing. Uh, read my Sunday column on RAB, and I'm at Mimbro One M I M B R O One. Unfortunately. Uh, for a lot of you, it is a it is a locked account because I'm a teacher and I can't have my students finding and reading my tweets in the middle of class. Um, that would not be cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just uh, make yourself known as some sort of Yankees fan, and and uh, and I'll 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 let you in the gate.
0: And of course, it's me, uh, Jay Destro. Uh, keep reading uh, every time uh, a new post comes out. There's so much great stuff that Mike and the rest of the team has really come up with. Uh, so as we kind of move forward get ready for some game posts uh i know that the comments will be wild uh keep uh, your eye on the tweets uh from @riveravblues and uh, you people on facebook you 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 be you be nice in the comments i i see you sometimes anyway uh this is jay along with matt and steven uh thanks a lot for joining us uh hopefully next week we'll be back with joe um he's got a lot going on he's got a family He's got – Joe's just a – he's a busy man, but we love him. Anyway, uh, that's from all of us. Uh, Say goodbye, fellas.
1: See ya. Thanks for having me. No problem. Glad to be on, Jay. Talk to you guys soon.
0: Take care, guys.